Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Today is episode number 12 with Natasha of Soul Studio Marketing, who not only drops all kinds of advice about Instagram, but we get to also talk about her work that she's been doing with social justice on social media and how we can all be doing a better job to support diverse creators on all facets of business and marketing. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know I love talking to Natasha, so let's get right into it. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, brand designer, creative, and social media junkie, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. And I'm here to share strategies, hacks, and know-how on branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship for the online-minded small business owner. In this podcast, I'll be sharing interviews, solo episodes, and even more to help you up-level your brand by turning your visions into visuals and connecting with your ideal audience online. Let's get to today's episode. Hey everybody and welcome back to Design Live. Today I have Natasha from Soul Studio Marketing and the Shine Online podcast. Instagram guru is what I called you I think in the intro on stories. (laughs) Instagram master Um, and also I'm going to throw an online educator about not only Instagram but about kind of identity in the online space, personal branding, all of that good stuff. Um, I, like I said on Instagram, have been binging all of your content because I think you're not only super approachable and easy to listen to, but you've been dropping some knowledge, some good knowledge about um, just all kinds of stuff that have happened with current events. So we will kick off right here in the Facebook group. And first, let's start again with a little intro of yourself and kind of how you got started. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the founder of Soul Studio, which is an Instagram creative studio, and we really focus on creative content, storytelling, and strategy for Instagram. So organic growth and really utilizing things like video. I absolutely love Instagram video to really help small businesses shine. Um, And I started my journey um, in college. I was kind of dreaming about what I really wanted my dream job to be, and I kind of circled back to my mentor um, who had her own remote business, and she really pushed me to start Soul Studio and I've been doing it ever since. Love it. And you found out kind of along the path, you started with digital marketing kind of as a general um, direction and then niche down to Instagram. And you had some really good reasons why you love Instagram better than all the other ones, which I would love to hear you kind of uh, rattle off again for maybe convincing people who aren't on Instagram. I feel like everyone in this group is on Instagram. Right. Let's be honest. But maybe what what excites you about Instagram for brands and the brands that you work with? Yeah, I think that Instagram definitely keeps me on my toes. I mean, there's updates weekly, so I feel like it's constantly evolving. And while that might seem like an annoying thing to some people, I think it just means for more opportunities for your brand to grow, essentially. And I also feel like when it comes to the user experience, there are so many elements that you can really chop into for your brand, whether it's your feed or stories or lives or IGTV, and they all really seamlessly integrate with each other. Um, And I just feel like when it comes to community building that like Mm -hmm. the DMs and the comment sections and how you can really build your following to be like a community is just a few of the reasons why I just love Instagram. I'm with you 100%. I love the visual quality as well, obviously, as a designer. And you and I both have a very um, bold color in common, which is the color yellow. All of Natasha's branding is yellow, you guys. So if you head over to her Instagram, which is tagged right here, Soul Studio Marketing, you'll definitely be able to see that right away. Um, But let's talk about 
what some people usually get wrong about Instagram. Like if you're working with a client and they are really struggling or they have these pain points because they feel like either they're chasing a high following number or they're not getting the engagement that they want or that you need to have XYZ in place to achieve ABC, what are kind of some of the bigger myths or misconceptions about Instagram that you help with your clients? Yeah, I feel like one really big thing is that people expect to see results just by posting on their feed. It's just not going to happen that way. Like I mentioned, all of the things are really integrated. So you can't just post on your feed and call it a day. You have to be on there engaging and you have to really be tapping into video and the other parts of the platform. Um, and just overall expecting like crazy, insane results overnight. So expecting that you're going to get hundreds and hundreds of followers all, all automatically or that you're expecting so many likes on your posts um, and kind of just being so caught up in those metrics, I think can really distract you from what you really can gain from using Instagram, even if you don't have a ton of followers. Totally. So in your opinion, Instagram is obviously a visual platform, but if you could weigh it like 50, 50, 70, 30, 80, 20, visuals versus content and messaging what would you say so hard i would have to say that's just mean like how can i choose the between the two and that's kind of what i feel like i'm choosing between but i feel like when it comes to your feed like your your really good captions or really good visuals i would say what i think is really best is i feel like really strong copy always wins in my book um, I think especially because Instagram is kind of shifting into this um, where people are trying to show up a little less perfect, like especially influencers yeah. I think is kind of impacting how we see brands too. Like I know Ritual is a brand that I think of off the top of my head and they like literally have those memes where they literally make them within Instagram stories. And it's super, I mean, they probably have a design team, like they could have something really aesthetically pretty, but I think it shows that it's kind of more about like the creativity and the content strategy visuals can be not as great and more approachable almost. I think too, a lot of the problems come with within branding and social media management. It's like, oh, well, if I only had this tool or if I only had this person or if I only had this yeah. capability or this camera, then then all of my stuff would be better. I mean, yeah. I fall into this all the time, right? I'm like, I need another drone. I was like, I never <laughs> even I broke my first drone. I definitely don't need another drone. Like, what right. are we talking about? But I think that that it's really easy, at least for me, to fall into like, oh, okay, well, my visuals and not emphasize the copy so much because mm. I think also the copy kind of or the messaging comes really naturally to me because it's my own business. But when you're working for someone else's business, and we kind of touched on this on Instagram, I know you basically help with the content creation and the content planning, but it's mm -hmm. really hard to replicate someone else's voice. So how do you totally. kind of help them or coach them through showing up online in a way that's consistent, not only with their visuals, but with their community and their messaging and everything like that? Yeah. One thing that I actually do when I get started with my clients, and it might even look similar to your you know, your process essentially is I ask them a million questions. <laughs> I ask them about their story, their brand, their voice, their tone, um, you know, what their favorite emojis are, you know, who they're exactly talking to, who their secondary audience is, who their competition is, everything like that, what Instagram accounts they do like. So usually by that time, like my clients will be pretty surprised how well I can adapt to their voice. And so I think that's important to do for yourself, regardless of if you're doing it like social media management wise, or if you're doing it for another brand, it's really getting clear on the branding of your content. Like I will not work with someone who don't have good branding because it just really doesn't translate well on Instagram. So that would probably be my, my thoughts. And do you have any go-to tools for people? I know we touched on them 
briefly for time management, but content creation tools also that you use on a regular basis so you don't know where you'd be without them. Yeah. So I really do like InShot, which is a video editor um, that you can use on your app. Um, it's just free, easy to use, Android and iOS friendly. And I think it's really great. A design kit is another really great tool. So it's kind of similar to Procreate, but it's a little bit more accessible because you can just use your finger on your phone. Um, and I really like that for doing kind of little illustrations and drawings. Um, and then I think kind of a really great tool that's really accessible, especially for managing client accounts. I think just having things like templates and content, I think it's just really simple. And I always think that, it, you know, whatever's easiest for you to consistently use, I think is just really the best tool that I like. I'm with you. Canva is like my new favorite tool. I, I think I poo-pooed it for so long. So I'm like, oh, I'm a graphic designer. I just yeah. used the Adobe leveled up. Oh my gosh. And it's fabulous because it's so much faster. Like sometimes you don't need all the bells and whistles to get totally. done what you need to get done. And for me, I was finding that I was handing off branding to my clients and then they got really pigeonholed because they're like, I don't even know how to begin to use all this stuff. Like, I don't know what to yeah. use my brand patterns for or my icons or anything like that. And so I kind of am helping them now by putting all their assets into Canva for them. So they have their brand kit, like ready to go, all their fonts, all their colors, all their logos. And it's just such an easier experience. And I end up using Canva myself for like a ton of my own stuff, just because I feel like it's a faster tool. I can, it's team based as well. So my team members can log in. Oh, big fan, big fan yeah. of Canva. I love but it. also I think something that you do really well on your social media is educate and serve. Like you jam pack your feed with all kinds of useful information for entrepreneurs, but also in the last few months, about identity in the online space and entrepreneurship. And I think we were talking just before this on Instagram about how following metrics aren't even that important as much as shares, saves, comments, et cetera, like that real genuine, like conversation starting stuff. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can talk to us about a post that you've made recently or a series of posts or series of stories or whatever that you feel like you particularly got really, really great conversation out of it. Brand building mm -hmm. conversation. Yeah. I mean, I feel like one post that I, I posted about, because I was talking a lot about, you know, just Black Lives Matter and just my own experience and everything on my stories. And I had two posts that I posted on my feed. And I feel like the conversations in those posts were really great. One where I just kind of shared where I was like, all of the new followers and this amazing launch and stuff actually makes me very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those types of very vulnerable posts, I always think vulnerability shouldn't be used to be trendy or even to be strategic. I just do it to be very honest. And I think that there should always be like a lesson or a takeaway at the end. So that's essentially what I did with that post. And I got tons of just shares and saves and comments and just really people trying to have a conversation and even DMing me from it too. So it was, it was really great. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think it kind of circles back around the whole idea of social media is supposed to be social. Mm -hmm. And I, I had made a tweet or some kind of post during that whole time where I said, if your business benefits from social media, then you have a responsibility to take a stand on social issues. Yeah, I think it's really interesting and really telling of what brands and entrepreneurs took part in that conversation and which ones went super silent and which ones totally got called out. Because we talked about that a little bit before, but how it kind of opened up everybody's eyes to how homogeneous, particularly online entrepreneurship can be. Yeah, I very female, agree. very white dominated space. And I'm yeah, curious how that came to your consciousness before all of this, or if it's just kind of did open your eyes like, holy crap, wow, I never noticed that before. Totally. And I think partially, yeah, I, I noticed it. 
But you always think of people of color as minorities. So you're thinking, well, if they're minorities, then you're not going to be represented as much. But I know now that I've seen brands kind of reaching out to more speakers and more podcast guests and more influencers that are black, it's kind of like, but we are still a very big part of the population, you know? Like, I think there was like an issue with thinking like almost like there's less of us for some reason. Yeah. Um, but I think it comes to how how our feeds are really, you know, put into place is the people that we're following, the people that we're connecting with. And also that has a ripple effect with people that other people are sharing and connecting with. So I think that's kind of where it stemmed down to where it's like a lot of us didn't notice it in a lot of ways, but if we did notice it, it's because it felt kind of normal. Totally. Yeah. I think that that's such an interesting point as well is because you are what you consume in some ways, mm-hmm. you know, like you kind of, you forget that social media becomes this, this echo chamber. And especially like politically in the last election, I remember if there were people from my high school or whatever that had opposing views, how easy it was to just hide their opinion. Totally. Just like, oh, goodbye. Like hide. Mm-hmm. And then you forget like, and I'm from Southern California and like most of my friends think like I do. And most of my friends like are very supportive of Black Lives Matter, of mm-hmm. course, but then there's still some, some, there's some toxicity in that, right? Of like being around a bunch of people with one singular viewpoint. And so I challenged myself to say, I need to start attending networking groups where I am not with a whole bunch of people that look and think exactly like I do. Because it's great and I love my networking groups and I love the girls that I've gotten to know, but we are all white and blonde. And it's not not anyone's fault, but like it's not helping me grow. And so I specifically sought out and connected with there's a group in San Diego called Black Creatives SD mm-hmm. and they hosted like a great virtual event um, and I attended and it was awesome. I was like, this is amazing. And like, why did it take until now for me to realize that this is valuable, not only for myself, but for me, for them and for the community building aspect totally. of like just being in that space and being uncomfy. Like I was like, wow, I'm really like, I'm the only white person on this whole Zoom call. And I was like, yeah. Okay, but then I'm also like, how many times has that happened to someone who is a person of color? We're yeah. like, I didn't blink. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's really yeah. interesting and it's really thought provoking. And mm-hmm. I think I'm definitely challenging myself to put myself in more of those scenarios, but also on social media with like who I follow mm-hmm. and who I listen to. Totally. And I think it just starts with how we can diversify our feeds because it'll really like, it'll really spiral from there. Because even thinking to my feed, like I follow, all different types of business owners, but that's also because it's the world that I live in. It's the type of events I go into. That's probably because I know when a place just isn't as much made for me because there are, you know, it's not as diverse and it really completely changes the feeling. Like I even think back to a conference that I went to and it was pretty diverse, but I remember at the end of it, like naturally all the black women in the room just came together. And it's not because we're not trying to make people feel like they're left out. It's because we're craving that and we don't always see that. And even like, I was like, I need to follow more black podcasts and all these yeah. different of things. So I think it's just really being conscious about it because I think for a lot of us, we think of, we see the media we see our stages and we think that is just how things are supposed to be. So it's like just being intentional about, you know, going out of our ways to make it not that way. Completely. And, and being, being extra willing and humble to learn. 
like being Mm -hmm. having the humility of like okay maybe i did this not aggressively or not not to put someone on the outs but just i was blind to the idea that this could affect someone in that way and now i'm going to pay extra close attention to it i think that that's such a great opportunity for all of us like business owners etc i made a whole post in the facebook group specifically about how I experience white privilege in graphic design. Like if I search for stock photos, I search man or woman, I'm going to get majority white people. And why is that? Why does that exist? Right? Like, why is it, do I have to put specifically in a search bar, like black female to get just a woman? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's crazy. It's also the other way I noticed it when I was talking about like nudes in a color palette, like nude is assumed that it's, it's of a lighter skin tone, right? Like we think of the makeup industry, the beauty industry, like, nude pumps are very specific color of nude like it's this kind of stuff that's just like man it's all kind of bubbling up to the surface and what a cool opportunity to be be a part of a community and be part of conferences and such that are going to pay attention to that kind of thing and brands that pay attention to it yeah i'm super excited and are you spoke at alt right i was at alt yeah i think we must have just missed each other because i was there i recognized on your feed the big flower backdrop Super cool. I think that's that's an example of a conference that does really well. But what I was most surprised about mm-hmm. Alt, and I wrote this in my recap blog, no TikTok programming. I know. that. How crazy was that, huh? So nuts. And I feel like people definitely wanted it. But I do agree. I think Alt was pretty diverse. I know there were some rooms where I went in and I feel like they weren't as diverse. But like overall with the speakers and the attendees, I feel like it was pretty representative. But I think that that's like the best we can do is just make more, you know, be a part of more conferences like that. Because when you totally someone that looks like you, you're more likely to be a part of it, recommend it. And it's just a spiral from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I I'm bought a ticket. I hope we can do it in person this next year. <laughs> no, honestly. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So tell us a little bit uh, more about your clients and the kind of people you work with and maybe a little bit about what your alt topic was about. Um, Cause I know you've got a few more speaking gigs lined up thanks to everything that's been going down and you've been crushing it on social. So tell us a little yeah. bit about those. Yeah. So I work with a wide variety of clients. Um, some have products, some are coaches, some do courses, um, which I feel like it's always really exciting. Like I kind of like to have that variety when it comes to my actual clients. And yeah, also, man, I talked about IGTV specifically, video marketing and confidence. I feel like it's one of my favorite things and I love to do a workshop style. So like we actually go live, do videos because just doing it is often the scariest part I find. But I feel like when people always ask me how I attract these types of awesome speaking gigs, it's, it's really from showing up on video. That is your speaker reel. That is how you show how you teach. That's how you practice how you teach. So that's definitely been huge. And this month I'm speaking with Social Media Examiner and their Instagram Ooh. summit, which I'm super excited about, um, especially in a space where they aren't always the most diverse. Like they've definitely been working mm-hmm. towards getting more women in this space because they lean to just be a little bit older. So of course it was very right. man dominant. So now they're working on women and now we're trying to get some women of color in there. So um, but yeah, I'm excited to be a part of that. That's awesome. Incredible. So where can everybody find you, connect with you, all of that good stuff, and um, maybe take some of your your courses, your workshops, everything like that? Yeah. So you can find me at Soul Studio Marketing on Instagram. And the best place to hear from me is on my podcast, the Shine Online podcast. You can find it on Spotify, on Apple. 
And I do have a newsletter where you can hear about whenever my course is open for enrollment. Um, I have three signature Instagram courses, and I also have a shop that's relaunching. So I have Airtable templates, hashtag resources, IGTV cover resources and templates and stuff like that. So that's also another place that if you want to invest in some Instagram stuff. Yay. Cool. Well, I think unless we have any questions from anybody else, I've asked you all my questions. Oh, this one, I forgot. What's something that you feel like you do particularly well in your business? And what's something that you wish that you did better or that you're working on? Yeah. So I feel like I feel like right now specifically, like I've been loving streams and I think I'm good at them. <laughs> I think live streams are really fun and it's hard to talk knowing you can't edit something. So mm-hmm. I feel like the more I've kind of mastered that, it's been something that's been really fun for me and my brand. Something I always want to get better at, I think, is graphics. Um, even if it's not necessarily designing it myself, but also learning how to create better like creative briefs for the designers that I work with. Some of my clients have designers. I have my own designer. So I feel like that's always something. Because I think you especially with graphics, it's so easy to be influenced by what you're consuming and not thinking of things like from your brain and not from being influenced by other things. So I feel like that's always something I'm working on. Yeah, no, it's that's a good point because it is such a mishmash of different kinds of styles. It's so funny. And it's really yeah. interesting with these illustrations I've been doing, like the for each of the design live guests. So I've been doing yeah. this for like two and a half years. And <laughs> I have it, uh, them all pinned on Pinterest and they're like my most popular pins on Pinterest. And the one I did with my friend from one of the very first design lives ever, I got tagged in somebody's Instagram story because they like made a painting of it based on the illustration, which was super cool. But then I'm like, this is my friend's face that you have like hanging in your house. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, no, it's so funny. And especially like the time lapses, I think the best way to get better at design is really like watching your process, mm. like recording, doing lives. And this is exactly what you're saying about live streaming is yeah. like doing live video now on Wednesdays when I know I'm working on design stuff, like having my phone on the tripod, looking directly at my screen and like live streaming my workflow mm. and when I'm designing a logo has been awesome. So I've been doing that mm. on TikTok a few times I love week. that which has been really fun because you can kind of, it's for me, it was like having coworkers because Hopefully. during COVID co- co-working things are out of the question. <laughs> so um, yeah. And I kind of miss that community feeling. So it was really nice to be able to kind of say, okay, here's what I'm working on. Here's the client mm-hmm. brief. Here's how far I've gotten. Here's how I make my mock-ups, everything like that. So that's another great application of yeah. a live stream and on TikTok live girl. I know. We haven't even like, we haven't touched on that I yet. You're, it's in a do I, your mind. I don't have a lot of followers. I get them. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. 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 It's just like, just, yeah. You got to try it because there's also number yeah. one, there's no time limit. So you can go as nice. long as you want. Number two, they can send you gifts. There's like a monetization aspect. Oh, like so, if you're going, mm-hmm. so it's kind cool. of coming from this, like this Asian culture of like this live stream camera broadcasting of your whole life kind of situation where people mm-hmm. can send you emojis and then those emojis you can cash out hmm. so i've made like a whopping 38 cents by going live wow. but some of these huge accounts can like pull in like thousands and thousands Ooh, of dollars sure. lives, huh. which is pretty incredible very, very um, cool yes and it will also notify you of other people that you don't follow that are going live which i think yes because i've definitely seen like i've seen you going live on tiktok but i'm like i wonder how this really works so that's always so it's fun nice. Sometimes you get like sometimes you get spammers in there, but that's like yeah. anything else. I actually got yeah. the weirdest Instagram spammer not to. Oh yeah, I get them all the time. Yeah, they're requesting oh. like have me live with you, and I'm like, 
please no please go away <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah. well thank you so much for coming on to yeah. design live and um everyone if you want to connect with natasha she is in the facebook group as well or you can find her on soul studio marketing and then yeah it's a holiday weekend so i hope yeah. you enjoy and spend some time outside and socially distanced and <laughs> All of, All of that good stuff. What a weird year, huh? I know, definitely. But it was so fun to chat. So fun, so fun. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Awesome. Bye. Have a good Friday. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For more information, please visit mkwcreative.co slash kmapod or follow along on every social media channel at mkwcreative.co. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group by the same name, Kiss My Aesthetic, and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Catch you next time.